We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rocking, we're rolling. It's IB countdown to kickoff. We've got uh, the trifecta back in the house tonight. I'm Sean Styers with Vince D'Addario and Young Styers. Jesse is with us as well. How's everybody doing? Living the dream. Got the game day fit. There's no way Notre Dame loses at this point. Yeah, I got this, the end the, the show. Game day polo, the green IB hat. It's game time, baby. Just I almost feel like the confidence is um, its like too much, baby. I don't know. <laughs> well, my they've already turned my uh, we're going to win into a meme. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter today. So uh, I, I saw the it. video. Yeah, well, that's what I, I guess that's what I was referring to. But, yeah, yeah. it's already been cut, spliced, and I mean, put into the ether. Let's face Vince? it, Vince. There are worse things you could be memed for. You're not wrong. I need that to be sent to me so I can have a chuckle. I've been in a bad mood. Oh, I got you. Did you guys see? I can't remember which one of you. We did this in rapid fire. Who who should be the guest picker for uh, for game day? This it wasn't weekend? me. It wasn't me. So it was but Jesse I'm, and I. It was Tuesday. Up. Did they pick it? Yes, did you did. see who got it? I did. When did they announce it? Just tonight. Yeah. Vince Vaughn, ladies Gillis? and gentlemen. Vince Vaughn. Yes, that's who I wanted. That's I don't even know who Shane Gillis is. I've heard this name floating around. No idea. Is that a country singer or something? Sounds like a country singer. I believe Shane Gillis is either a comedian or a country singer. He is an American comedian and radio personality. Oh, okay. Uh, Stand-up comedian, sketch comedy writer, podcaster, co-host with fellow stand-up comedian Matt McCusker. Of Matt and Shane's secret podcast, the most popular podcast on Patreon. All right. Well, still don't know who it is, but that's okay. Google. I know who Vince Vaughn is, and Vince Vaughn is going to be the guest picker. Vince Vaughn, who Vince D'Addario once had a sideline encounter with many years ago. He will always, you know, will always be tight because of that. And, uh, you know, he's in one of my favorite movies, Rudy. Yep. You know, he's I thought you were going to say Wedding Crashers. Say well, he's in many I mean, of my favorite movies. Yeah. Wedding Crashers, yeah. Old School. I mean, old School, good quality stuff. Dodgeball, right Dodge, Duck, yes. Dip, Dive, and Dodge. Yeah, he, he had a stretch there where, I mean, he, he was did. untouchable. He was it. Just untouchable. And I don't even know, has he really even done anything lately? 
doesn't matter because the work that he's already done is unbelievable. The only two things I could tell you he has done in recent years, and that has this hasn't been in the last couple of years, he did the True Detective with Rachel McAdams, you know, kind of a reunion of Wedding Crashers, okay. but a totally different theme. They did, I think it was season two, maybe, of uh, True Detective. Okay. Probably the worst season that they've done, unfortunately. <laughs> Fair enough. And he did um, one of those war movies a couple of year, years ago, the one that Mel um, Gibson directed. Oh. Uh, it was the one about the conscientious objector who went, oh. you know, saved all the, became a medic and saved all the people, like, Vince Vaughn, I think, was a. I think he might, he might have been a sergeant or something like okay. that. Okay. You know, I'm looking right now on his filmography, and his catalog. He's he's got one. He's a he's a voice of something, and then it goes all the way back to 2021, and then a couple in 2020. But yeah, stuff I don't really recognize. So. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. Is that Hacksaw what you're talking Ridge. about? That was it. That was that it. was 2016. Man, seven years ago already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just glad Vince Vaughn guest picker. Yep. I think that's that hit that Perfect. one out of the park. Like that's yep. that's fantastic. He's he's obviously good on camera. He's going to make some jokes. I think he is knowledgeable of the game. Those are all very important parts. Of this, and, Jamie uh, O'Hara, of you course, know, as you yes, mentioned, number forty-four with yep. the cannon arm on the halfback pass. That yep. was for you. Well, let's talk some football. We've got a big matchup: Notre Dame and Ohio State. The Irish, of course, coming off their forty-one to seventeen win over Central Michigan. We saw touchdown passes of seventy-five and seventy-six yards to Tobias Merriweather and Chris Tyree. Notre Dame had just six plays, six offensive plays that went. 40-plus yards last year. Through four games this season, they lead the country with 11 plays of 40-plus yards now. How much of this, guys, do you think is on the quarterback? How much do you think is the scheme of Jared Parker? Uh, I look at this as like a 60-40 like a type of ratio, and I, I'll give 60 the majority um, to Sam Harton because I think – they have a quarterback who has the confidence um, and the ability to read defenses. Um, and, you know, that leads to being able to have, you know, decisiveness decisiveness when it comes to throwing the ball downfield. Um, and then I give the other 40% to Jared Parker because I think he he's come up with a playbook that's not too cute. He gets his guys uh, where they need to be, and he allows Sam Hartman to just put the ball on him at, at the end of the day. So um, I think Sam Hartman is ultimately, you know, the, the guy who's obviously making it happen. He's got the arm talent and the ability to read defenses and, you know, all that good stuff. But I, I think Jared Parker is also giving him a better opportunity, uh, maybe more so than we've seen in the past uh, with Tommy Reese and some of the other quarterbacks that Notre Dame has had. You know, I agree with everything that Jesse said, but my ratio, I think, would be more. 25 75 in uh and i would give 75 to sam hartman 25 to jared parker and here's my reasoning why okay there were guys running wide open down the field in the past and you know even with the tommy reese offense there were still guys running wide open down at the other end of the field and the quarterback would not throw the football for either they didn't want to couldn't didn't see it whatever the excuse was wasn't brave enough it, it wasn't happening right now they have a quarterback who's willing to do it now i do think that there are some calls 
specifically to throw the ball down the field. I, I do think that. I think game plan wise, going into the Central Michigan game, I think there was a concerted effort to throw to the outside receivers deep. I do think that was a thing. Uh, I have no proof of that, but based on what I was watching and the way Sam Hartman was operating early on in the game, I do think that that was the deal, right? But at least he's willing to put the ball down there. And for the last three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks, that has not been the case. Not since Deshaun Kaiser. I think in that right, Jesse, did you say 70-30 or 60-40? He said 60-40. 60-40, so you're a little bit closer. I'm I'm more in the Vince range, you know, in that 70-75 range, it, just because we've just gotten so frustrated over the years watching guys like Ian Book being yeah, unwilling yeah. <laughs> to throw the ball downfield, unable right. to throw a guy open, essentially, unable – to make the correct reads and know where to throw the ball. And that to me is the biggest part of this whole thing. It's, it's still a quarterback who knows how to go through the progressions, not rush through the progressions and knows how to anticipate guys coming out of the breaks. And, you know, there, there are a couple things that come along with it because I guess, you know, and I don't subscribe to the, like, like I don't literally have a subscription to the pro football focus where they show right. all the, like, I'm not saying I don't believe in what they're saying when I say I don't subscribe to it is my point. Like I don't, cause right. you know, you have to pay for, for that stuff, Correct. like to get the good stuff. But good based stuff. on some things that I read this week, week, Notre Dame's wide receivers have like one of the, if not the best percentage in the nation in terms of the way they run their routes and, you know, all those, and that matters as well. And so that goes back to the coaching of like Chancey Stuckey. Uh, Jared Parker is involved in this, but the comment that he made this week that you and I talked about earlier this week, Vince, that it is more about the players and not the scheme. It's just, they flat out. Now it's easier when you have a quarterback who can do all the things that Sam Hartman does, but they trust their players to make plays. They're obviously putting their players in positions to make plays. So it does go hand in hand, but I, I mean, as we keep kind of, you know, banging the drum on, on Sam Hartman, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of it is on him and, you know, we'll just kind of go into that conversation right now because Marcus Freeman was talking about the experience of the quarterback earlier this week. And, well, for some reason, it doesn't look like I have that. I don't, I don't know. Oh, um, we'll have to call Vince. an audible on this. Let me just ask you this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The game Notre Dame fans have been waiting for all season is here as the Fighting Irish get ready to play the Ohio State Buckeyes. And if you're still looking for tickets to this titanic battle, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Okay. As we look at this game specifically, Notre Dame and Ohio State, how big a factor do you think Hartman's experience is compared to? Cal McCord for Ohio State in this game. I, yeah, I, I'll go. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Vince. I, I, no, I was you're good, very brother. eager to answer this one. Love I would it. say Sam Hartman <laughs> Obviously. is. No, Sam, Sam Hartman's experience is the biggest difference maker in this game. It's ultimately what's going to win or lose the game for Notre Dame. Ooh. Cal McCord is a first-time you know, starter, uh, and I know he's played three games, but like, let's look at those games. At IU. Uh, at home against – I can't remember where the Western Kentucky game was uh, or, or the Youngstown State. Well, they didn't play it at Western Kentucky or Youngstown State. Right. Those were all – those were two home yep. games. Indiana, I believe, yep. was at Indiana. Yeah, and so, you know, Indiana is Indiana. They're not great. Um, and so what I'm getting at is Kyle McCord is a first-time starter and he hasn't really played a, a difficult matchup yet, right? It, it's it's just been, okay, we'll figure out uh, how, we, how we need to get the ball to Marvin Harrison, um, how we're going to incorporate our two running backs into the, you know, the game plan. Um, and ultimately, Sam Hartman is kind of the complete opposite. He's he's in his sixth year. He's been to, you know, probably every, just about every college in the country. That's, you know, a little dramatic. But at, at the same time, it's he's what's going to win you the game. I think the difference in the quarterbacks from last year to this year, it's like a complete 180. Uh, you have a guy who was a top five draft pick and Tyler Buckner, who was a guy who was making, you know, his first collegiate start ever on the road at Ohio State. Um, and yep. it, I think it's similar from Accord this year. You know, it's it's his first true start. Um, against a tough opponent. It's on the road. It's a top 10 matchup. It's a night game. And Notre Dame is drastically better than last year. So I, I think the quarterback play is ultimately what's going to ter- determine the game. And Sam Hartman's experience is what's going to lead him to play better than Kyle McCord. Not so fast, my friend. I'll give you a Corsoism since I dogged him <laughs> earlier this week. Yeah. But uh, I, I agree that the quarterback position, like if, as I was – writing out my prediction uh, earlier this week. And I was trying to think of, you know, what to say and, and what's going to be the difference in this game and, you know, all of those different things. And I'm thinking about all these different matchups and all these different 
you know, position group versus this position group and all this. It's a lot of evenness, if that's even a word. Like a lot of position groups that I think could go either direction depending on who plays, you know, better that day. And I know that sounds ridiculous. The one spot where I think Notre Dame has a distinct advantage is at the quarterback position. I really do. Now, two, three years from now, maybe Kyle McCord is that guy. But this is his first real road test. Night game, you know, everything that's going to be going on at Notre Dame. I think it's his first test in general. Well, no, I agree with that too. But I, I think that Hartman has all this experience and it's going to pay off. Now, the only thing I'll push back on, and we'll get to this a little bit later, is I don't think that's going to be the difference between winning and losing. I don't think so. It very well could be. I think that's going to be more in the trenches. But that's a that's a different you – know, that's not the question that you asked. But I think that it's going to be important. I think Notre Dame has a distinct advantage – at the quarterback position. I think Cal McCord is much more a game manager at this point in yes. his career because of, because of the inexperience that he, you know, there's, there's ability there. He, Would you just give like him everybody else. In Ohio State. Comparison? Uh, well, you know, for, for what they're asked to do, uh, Brock Purdy's obviously doing it in the NFL and uh, it's a fairly, it, it, it's a pretty good comparison because when you look at the talent that's around them, that's what helps Brock Purdy. He's, he's got a good right. offensive line and he's got a lot of talent around him with Samuel and Kittle and McCaffrey and for sure, you know, Ayuk and all those guys. And obviously Kyle McCord has all this NFL talent. He's got a good tight end. He's got a whole receiving core who are all going to play in the NFL. The, the whole thing. Don't know if his offensive line is as good as, you know, like what Purdy has. But at the same time, you know, I, I think it's it's fair. And what I've said all week is between the two, if you have to put the game on the shoulders of a quarterback in this game, you're going to be much more comfortable. You know, yeah. Sam Hartman is the guy you can put the game on the shoulders of. Kyle McCord is not at this point. He hasn't proven it, right? right? I mean, maybe right. this. Maybe this is his coming out party. You know what I mean? Maybe he mm -hmm. he puts Ohio State on his shoulders. He hasn't and, shown and, himself that he's that yeah, guy. I mean, yeah, exactly. And look, none of the games for Notre Dame have been close, right? We can all agree on that. Mm -hmm. But Sam Hartman has engineered some, you know, last, you know, two-minute drills and yep. done it with ease. Done it with ease. So if, they, if, it, if it comes down to that, then I do like. I think the biggest difference is Kyle McCord gets bailed out by his wide receiver. Sam Hartman sure. bails himself out by being a good quarterback. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think that's a, a good way of good way of putting it. We'll come back to uh to more on this in a little bit, but I wanted to talk about Notre Dame's defense. We look at this team, they're number one, the defense is number one in the nation in pass efficiency defense through four games. Now you know, again, it helps when you played Navy and they're not going to throw the ball and that kind of thing. But still, four games in. It is what it is. You played four different teams, you know. But they also have just six sacks through four games. Marcus Freeman says he's fine with that. That, you know, he doesn't necessarily need the sacks. They do have, I think it's 23 quarterback hurries. So there is at least some disruption going on. And that helps out your, your secondary, your pass efficiency numbers and all that. But... Are you good with with the way this is operating right now? Number one, pass efficiency, but only six sacks through four games. I'm good with it as of 
<laughs> September 23rd. Right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like it's I'm worked good. so far. <laughs> Correct. Like I'm good with it because they have played some funky type of offenses. You know, you've got the the scrambling quarterback. You've got, you know, you, they haven't really faced a pocket passer as of yet, right? And so their hurry numbers are up, which I do like. I, of course, would like them to get home a little bit more often. But those hurries are leading to interceptions. They're leading Mm -hmm. to turnovers. So if you're giving me the option of a sack versus an interception, obviously I'm going to take the interception. Now, that's not always a give and take. I mean, it's not always, you know, tit for tat, if you will. But I like the fact that they are getting these quarterbacks on the move. If Notre Dame is going to be successful in this game against Ohio State, not only are they going to have to get McCord on the ground, but they're going to need to hurry him. They're going to need to make him throw on the go. They're going to he that's not what he that's not his game. That is not where he wants to be. They got to speed so him up. They've exactly. got to speed him up. You can't let yep. him sit back there go through his progressions and get the ball out to these amazing receivers. I want him trying to figure it out on the fly. Right. I think that's where Notre Dame wants to be. So I would love for them to get him on the ground. There's no doubt about it, but I want him running for his life a lot too. So there's some good things Vince said in there. I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge I'll it. that. Um, it. <laughs> but it's – here's what I would say. It's – it's they've played Navy. They've played Tennessee State. They've played Central Michigan. Um, and they've played NC State. None of those teams have a dynamic passing attack, right? Um, but that that isn't – the defense didn't need to sack the quarterback to win. They, did, they needed to accomplish other things to win. And, and for this game specifically – you need those sacks. Like it's, it's, I understand. And I, we talked about this a little bit on Tuesday, you know, getting sacks is ultimately what is like, it contributes to pass efficiency defense. Cause it's less time that your defense has to cover in the secondary. Like those things help your secondary out. And so if the secondary is performing without, you know, as many hurries and, and without as many sacks, yes, that's super impressive, but that's not going to last long. I, I guess is what I'm saying. And they haven't gone against a passing attack. Like they're going to go against Ohio state. So, what I'm saying is you need it against good teams, you know, really, really good teams. You need to be able to get a couple sacks in there. It's not it's not one of those games where you're going to sneak by and only have, you know, one sack or no sacks um, and, and win the game because you need those game altering moments, momentum shifts, maybe a turnover, you know, whatever it might be. But it's a double edged sword for me at the same time, because I don't believe Kyle McCord is a true pocket passer. And so if you start blitzing him and you start doing more things to get after him, I think that helps him out because it gets him into one-on-one coverage. He can throw to these wide receivers that could potentially bail him out. And so I, I'm okay with bringing pressure, but I don't want to see any six-man pressures. I don't want to well, see any safety pressures. Yeah. I think it's either four or five-man pressures, but you got to do something to get in his face and get him down and at least hit him, right? He needs to be falling to the turf. He needs to know where he's at. He's playing at Notre Dame, and it's big time, right? Like it, Those guys need to give him a couple hits and welcome him to the game. I agree with parts of what both of you are saying, and I, I guess I would just add that if you get a sack as opposed to just a hurry, like if it's a hurry, that means the ball is in the air. So there's a 50-50 chance of of something going right for you, something going right for the other team. Uh, if you sack him, like and especially as we're looking at this game, like Jesse said, like the bigger opponents that you're talking about, you, you're, you're putting Cal McCord – behind the change you're putting him in disadvantageous situations you know your your defense is gaining you yards by 
coming up with a sack. And there's also a chance that you can, you know, strip sack, cause a fumble, whatever disruption you're talking about. You would think, again, throwing Navy out, but there are three other opponents who are throwing the ball. You would think that you would have more sack, you know, at least a few more sacks against those kind of teams than what they have, but they haven't. You know, like you look at the other side of it, Ohio State's in the same boat. I think they've only got five sacks in their three games. So they're, you know, their their pace is about the same, basically. It hasn't really come for them either. So I don't know. I, I'm the operation looks good right now. And to the point where you were talking about with the blitzes, Jesse, Marcus Freeman talked about that this or I guess it was after the game last week. Look, you can't keep blitzing and bringing six guys if it's not getting home because of what you're talking about. And then in a game like this where McCord can get out of the pocket and do some of that different stuff and find one-on-one matchups and, you know, throw it up there and let one of his receivers make a play, you you can't just be blitzing to be blitzing. There need they need to be blitzing with a purpose. And that's part of the problem. When you've got when you blitz as much as Al Golden does and they're not getting home, against that's better teams oh, like that's a this problem. it's going to it can be a big problem that's right can't do that this week you can't you can't I don't want to see the, the safeties blitzing at all in this no, game after last I year Call I, you PTSD. know what PTSD I don't want to see I want to see the safeties back I you don't know who did see... a good job of blitzing Thomas Harper let him blitz you know what I mean right. he and and we don't need to blitz from 10 yards back like that you, you cannot give him cuz it t- look I don't care how fast you are you're blitzing from 10 yards back. It's going to take a minute to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. He's going to have plenty of time. You might you might as well just take two guys off the field. I mean, I, it's just not – that doesn't work. That doesn't work. So you're right. It, if I see the safeties blitz, I'm going to punch you in the arm. <laughs> Let me throw this one at you guys real quick. 18 penalties Notre Dame's committed in the last two games. How concerning is it? I think it's a little bit concerning in the fact that you can't allow it to happen against an opponent like Ohio State. It needs to be really cleaned up um, because those are some of the finer details that can ultimately sway um, a bigger game. And I will say that, you know, I'm not trying to sound biased or homer when I say this, but like there's a lot of ticky tack calls that haven't been going both ways. It seems like a lot of them have been going against Notre Dame. And again, more of some ticky tack stuff. Um, and, and Notre Dame hasn't, you know, had some of those penalties go their way. And, and while it hasn't ultimately mattered because they've handled their business, I just hope that it, we don't see a common pattern and it gets cleaned up against Ohio State. Because I think, again, in a close game with tightly matched teams, penalties are something that can alter a game. Look, there, there's going to be penalties, right? But they've had about twice as many as they should have at, at this point. I mean, that that's 18 is way too many, especially in two games, way too many. You can't give a team like Ohio State a fresh set of downs. You know, if, if it's on third down, you, you pass interfere or something like that, or or you do something stupid like rough the quarterback, you know, as he drops back. You cannot give a team like this a fresh set of downs. You cannot give them good field position because of stupid stuff like penalties. Can't well, do like, it. I wasn't convinced that both of those roughing the passers were necessarily penalties last week, especially Burnham's. Same. But, you know, like Mills, I like – you do Mills was wonder. Boneheaded. Mills yeah, was boneheaded. You do wonder, you know, again, like when it we were just talking about the sacks, when you're not getting the sacks and you get that, you know, it's like you're antsy to get that sack and you're that close and you just go ahead and you know, you know, give him a little shove or whatever. You just have to be more aware. You have to be I smarter than that. that. It just it feels like 
like it, it's just a focus thing. And for a team that seems so disciplined and put together through the first two games, I think it's just really bizarre to see basically <laughs> an average of nine penalties a game these yeah. last two games. Bad. It's bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is an undisciplined team. I don't. Right. But you can't have these kinds of mistakes. Like this, like we're not. We're not doing a Colorado State show, you know what I mean? Exactly. We're talking about those exactly. kinds of penalties, right? I mean, I'm, so I want to put it into perspective, but you can't have those kinds of penalties because a lot of them are, you know, just situations where they got to be smarter. Like you yeah. just can't, you just can't do that. You know just what I mean? Things you, you just can't, right? There's some stuff that you're just not going to be able to prevent. You're not, right? I would say the only thing that I would add on is, you know, you talked about those roughing the passer calls. It's just you can't. As stupid as or ticky tack as it might have been, and I'm sure Marcus Freeman talked to them about this this week. You just can't put yourself in those those circumstances. You can't give the the refs the opportunity to make a 50 right. 50 call. You just got to be disciplined and knowing the quarterback. Let's go of that ball. Just don't touch him. You know, nothing good is going to happen. Correct. If you touch him after he throws the ball, and that's that's you know I know that's very specific, but you know, that, that's going to go. There's going to be a lot of chirpiness, you know, and you see a lot oh, of sure. you know 15 yard unnecessary this and that, and it's always the guy who you know, respond second. That's the type of stuff that I think that that has to be cleaned up and you can't see happen this weekend. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I think that's like where I would I would say that like the penalties uh, would, would have to be cleaned up. Should Notre Dame feel like an underdog in this game against the Buckeyes? I mean, they are an underdog, obviously, if you're talking about Vegas. I don't know that I want my team, this particular team, this particular Notre Dame team, I don't think I want them going in there feeling like an underdog. I want them to go out there and feel like they're going to whoop some A on that field and that Ohio State doesn't belong on their field. That's how. That's the mentality I want from this Notre Dame team. I, I don't want them to have the, the, oh, man, we're the underdog. We're not getting any respect. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of that particular uh, mantra from coaches. I, the mantra I want is we're the better team. We're going to kick your butt. You don't belong here. Have a nice, you know, flight or bus ride back to Columbus. Like that's, that's what I want out of this Notre Dame team. Not the underdog thing. I don't, I don't. Notre Dame has been the underdog in this game for far too long. It's a different mentality. It's a different thought process. That's what needs to happen. That's not what this, who this team is. They're not an underdog. Don't play that role. I agree. I, I think this is, uh, I think Stuart Mandel from The Athletic said it earlier in the week, this is this is a very evenly matched game. I, I don't think that Notre Dame should feel like an underdog nope. at all in this game. I, I think that, I just, I don't think there's any reason to believe that. I think, you know, obviously if you ask all the people in the scarlet and the gray, they're going to tell you, well, of course Notre sure. Dame is an underdog. We're going to Go in there, we're going to run right over you, even though as close as the game was last year in right. Columbus with all the factors you know, that we talked and about that worked in Ohio State's favor. I honestly don't have a problem with that because they've owned Notre Dame. They have. I mean, from a win-loss right. standpoint, they've owned Notre Dame. And but when you look at the talent on right. both Agreed. sides of the ball, 100%. this is as close as they have been in no a doubt. long time. Really, oh, since those mid-'90s games. This yes. is as close to, to a talent standpoint as they've been. You're 100% correct, and if you're looking at this from a neutral perspective, right, very even across the board, Notre Dame, I think, has an advantage at quarterback, you know, all those different things, right? But if you're an Ohio State fan, why would you give Notre Dame any respect? I, I actually have no problem. If they want to go out and chirp and do their thing, that's fine, because 
Notre Dame hasn't proven that they belong on the same field as Ohio State yet. I mean, maybe maybe I'm the jerk. I don't know. But I until Notre Dame beats them, why shouldn't their fans feel cocky about this game? Yeah, so I don't think Notre Dame should have an underdog mentality, but I think that they should kind of play with like that that like hunger and aggressiveness of an underdog or maybe someone that's a little bit disrespected, you know, in some terms. And I don't think that that means like they should come out and press too much. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to feel like an underdog in your own home stadium. You, you, you're, exactly. you're here to defend your turf. Um, and it's like going to war and someone's coming over, you know, in, in, in old Greek kind of terms of, you know, they're coming to your place and, and you know, initiating the war and you're standing on your own ground defending your home. I think that's more so of the mentality that Notre Dame has to have, right? Like, I think it's like the underdog stuff is more like bulletin board. That was my 300. That was my 300 there. Persian. I think it's more of like that bulletin board material, right? Like stuff that can fire you up a little bit. But I, I, by, by no uh, by no reason should they be playing as with like the underdog mentality. You got to stand your ground at home. You got to have the home toughness and everything like that. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't play up the underdog thing in any way if I was Marcus Freeman. I wouldn't. I'd be like, look, you no. guys belong here. This is your game. This is who you are. Yeah. It's time for it's time for a new top dog in the Midwest. And I mean, again, it was an eleven point game in Columbus last 100%. year. 100%. With a first time starting quarterback. I, yeah. I think that I think that everyone on the roster who was there Yes. Totally believes that they belonged on the same field with that team. And now they've got the quarterback advantage and they've got some young guys who have, again, yep. added to the to the talent depth pool on this team. There's 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 and every reason field advantage. I yeah, mean, I, I, I said it in my in my breakdown that that's probably out on irishbreakdown.com at this point. You know, I, I think Notre Dame's home field advantage is ac- actually a legit thing in this particular game. Really? Uh, I, I do. Yeah. hundred percent. The, the atmosphere. I'm going to be honest, Vince. Go I've ahead. never believed in home field advantage for Did Notre you? Dame because okay. of the environment of the stadium. Saturday night, when kickoff happens or when they run out of the tunnel, all that stuff. I want you outside of the press box, and I want you to listen to that stadium. I'm not saying me, it's not going to be loud, Vince. You but tell me that's not a home field advantage. It's it will still be. Notre Dame Stadium. It's, I, I'm, I'm telling sorry. you, the <laughs> night games are different than any other game at Notre Dame Stadium. I would agree with that. Everyone's lathered up a bit more. I the do want to see. Game was, I want to see what the effects the of all this, you know, keep the red out is going to be as well. Do they actually keep the red up? Because that can neutralize things very quick. If they're 25, if to Ohio 30, state's 000. playing well, if Ohio state's playing well, if Notre Dame well, goes out and play and plays well, those guys are, they don't exist. Okay. <laughs> That's I what mean, you got to do. That's what you have to do. But that's still an if. If it's a close game, then they're going to be in it. But if it's a close game, both are going to be in it. And Notre Dame's going to have twice as many, so they drown them out. I don't think that Notre They're Dame going to have has... twice as many, Vince. But I just there's still going to be plenty of people who are going to be sitting on their hands out there. I, I'm uh... I'm telling I'm telling you this. There will be a distinct home field advantage no, I, Saturday I night. No, there won't. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm, I'm sorry. I wish Vince there was. One, Did you I leave the press box at all against Clemson? Were you outside at all, or were you just inside? Because it was a huge I don't re- difference. I honestly don't being re- outside. Just because it's loud doesn't make it. A then what's a home field, field advantage? advantage? Loud is is a home field advantage. 
That's the whole point. So that they can't but come I mean, out in comparison to what? Like stadiums where there actually are home field advantages. So what is it? What's a home define home field advantage? You define home field advantage. You're I just did saying there is super one. effing loud <laughs> so that the offense can't communicate. That's a home field advantage. Okay, then that won't be there Saturday night. I highly disagree with you on that. <laughs> like highly disagree. We'll see. Jesse, you're Switzerland. Do you do you want to take a side <laughs> on this? Um I would I'm say... not saying it's not going to be noisy. I just... That's the point. That's I'm... what home field advantage is. Yeah, but what's what's the level, Vince? Like, you, you make it sound like, Notre, like people come to Notre Dame and they get drowned out, and it's, like, so hard to communicate inside it Notre Dame's game. It was deafening That's... at the Clemson game on last year. Deafening outside. Deafening. Okay. That's an advantage to me. Okay. I think I mean, it's some... more of an advantage if you're at home than in, than you're on the road. I still don't buy Notre Dame as a true home field advantage. I, I think that they've had better night game atmospheres the last few years, but I, right. I just don't know if I buy it as a game-changing home field advantage. Jesse, you were about to say something. I'm good. <laughs> you right. got nothing? Come on! Come on! Prove me wrong. You know, if you're listening, if you're watching, and you're going to the game, prove me wrong. I let's, think Notre Dame has had a, a home field home advantage. Game, a home field advantage in, in the past. It's not a true home field advantage every single game, but I think when they play these night games, they do have a little bit more of an advantage, and that's where I would leave it because I think at the two thirty, three thirty games, the old people don't care, like you were saying. Yes. I, I, and but but when they do the night games. And the start of the fourth quarter, and they do the light show, and people are, you know, they're playing music, and the fans are going nuts. Like that stuff matters to me, and I think it's been more so. It's tilted the scale towards more so of a home field advantage than it has in the past. Day games, there is no home field advantage at Notre Dame Stadium, but when they introduce these Agreed. night games, and a little bit of people are a little, you know, they've been cooking, getting boozed up all day, uh, you know, more hours to get, you know, those cocktails in them. And the game starts, I, I think there is a bit more of a home field advantage at, only in the night games, though. Agreed. Oh. in the night games. I completely agree. And part of that is because they're playing a better opponent. Right. right? There and, is, and it's strategic when the night yep, games are. At 100%. But I, I think the night game atmosphere has been If they were playing this game at 2.30 on Saturday, I would say I that, that it would Vince. be in the yeah. middle. There would be no home yes, field advantage. That I agree with. And I wouldn't have said that it was a home field advantage if this game was at 2.30. I completely agree with that. Completely. I okay. did my best, Switzerland. The blue hairs are going to be in bed. <laughs> That's what I mean. Just... The people that truly want to be there and are invested are going to show up for the night game. They don't care how yes. long it goes for. They're screaming the entire time. They're going to be standing majority of the time because it's going to be Hashtag a Hashtag let them stand, baby. <laughs> Every possession is going to matter, and I think that's it's going to be. And I think that the, the other part of this is it's Marcus Freeman. He's brought a different kind of energy to this team and to this fans. And I hope the fans reciprocate that. You're on fire, Jesse. You're on fire. You get two bells. My best bell yet. And you know, <laughs> not that those wristbands are going to you know make a difference in home field a bit, but I am. I, I do want to see like what the Me whole too. thing looks like and the atmosphere. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't disagree that the wristbands are and cool. I, and I, 
And I said this earlier this week that they've done a much better job the last few years sure. with these night game productions with what they've done. They do pump in the sound a little, you know, they've got like microphones down there by the band and stuff like that to amplify it a little bit. No problem with obviously you can't play that, you know, like while the other team is trying to snap the ball and sure and those kind of things. So we'll we'll see. Notre Dame State. I mean, it does seem like since they've reconfigured the stadium and you've got you know, multiple press boxes and the video board and stuff like that. It does seem like uh, the sound kind of does get trapped inside a little bit more than it used to as well, especially if people are actually making more noise. Yes. But, I mean, come on, hashtag let them stand, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool with the, the – I'll say – I just want to get this in, but I went to a Browns game last year on Halloween against the Bengals, and they had those wristbands. I actually have it ah. uh, still with me right here. It's on my desk, actually. It's The light is drowning it out here a little bit. Yeah, Did they you wear right. the wristband? Did yeah, and so and, – and they're controlling it. And so they'll they'll right. control when – you know, it, how it's synced up and – it's and when it's cold or sorry not cold but when it's dark out um and it's going to be a green out so i imagine these things are going to be flashing green the entire time like it looks pretty sweet and i i think i'm going to be really jealous that you guys are there because it's i know it they better give like, us one i know it I'm sounds be... kind of tacky but like it's cool when they're, they're going. not going to I'm gonna i be thought pissed. about that they don't want those things flashing in the press box <sighs> i'm gonna be pissed if there's not one at my spot i'm really not i'm seriously going to be pissed really <laughs> I might have to get there early and just go into the bot into the. What happens if they one. do and that thing starts flashing? You know, like oh, like all you know. I, I yeah, no comment. I was gonna say something probably get me canceled. <laughs> so this is the thirty seventh time Notre Dame Stadium will host a uh, matchup when both teams are ranked in the AP top ten. The Irish are twenty three, twelve, and one all time. In those contests, 11 and 9 is the lower ranked team like they are in this game. This is also the fifth consecutive time Notre Dame and Ohio State are going to meet as top 10 opponents. I think that includes last year in Columbus. So uh, interesting there. And this is just the fifth time in the 2000s Notre Dame Stadium has hosted two top 10 teams going head to head. I forgot Cincinnati was already in the top 10 when they played two years ago. That was the last one. 2020, Clemson, uh, 2018, Stanford. And, of course, Stanford fell, like, way off. That was, like, the beginning of the end for Stanford in 2018. And then it was the Bush-Push game in 2005. So those were the previous Hmm. four games. So you've got fifth-year head coach Ryan Day, 48-6 and overall. He has lost to Michigan, of course, the last couple of years. And that's got fans rankled up. But last year's team – went to the college football playoff, and it's interesting. There really hasn't been – I mean, not that we would have expected that there would be. There hasn't been, you know, like a lot of smack talk or anything like that this week. Here's the closest thing. You guys didn't know this one was coming. I just found this today. Closest thing to maybe uh, any smack talk coming, Ryan Day from his press conference earlier this week. Listen to this. Ooh, What's going to come in this game, how it's going to shake out, what the back and forth is going to be. And, uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to win the game. That's it, you know, and and that's what we'll do in this one. That's what we'll do. He didn't look one. very confident when he said that. He really didn't. I, did I think it's just something that he has to say, you know. I, 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 I get that. I don't think it was any smack talk or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, nothing. Inf- I, I'm not saying smack, nothing inflammatory, but he said 
We're going to win. We're going to win. I mean, it's yeah. no different. I mean, it's not Brian Kelly, I guess, saying we're going to kick Florida State's butt or whatever. But Look, on Tuesday, I was at an all-day training on how to read body language and know when somebody is not being truthful. Okay? <laughs> that man was not being truthful in that cut. He's right, looking down on, at the hang ground. On, hang on. Let's 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 see this. Break it down. Break it down as he does okay. this. It's like 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 give us our tells here. I get this right. man right back. It's gonna come again. in this game. How it's gonna shake out? Look what the that. back and forth is gonna be? He's looking down and, at his uh, shoes. He's struggling. You know, his the shoulders, the eye contact. You know, and like and he's slumped. We'll one. You know what I mean? When you're yeah. when you're slumped and you're still like that, it's not good. He I don't think there's, what there's a tremendous amount of confidence in what he's saying. Yeah, that's what I agree. I agree. He's just saying blanket statements. Yep. He's saying what is expected of him to say, which I don't have a problem with, by the way. No, again, I don't either. But like but I his said, body that is language. the closest thing to like any, you know. He will be the least surprised when they walk out of Notre Dame Stadium Saturday night with a loss. <laughs> <laughs> so Cal McCord's completing around 69% of his passes, shade under 70%, 815 yards. Six touchdown passes, three to Marvin Harrison Jr., three to Emeka Egbuka. Uh, the tight end, Cade Stover, is having a pretty good season as well. Yep. Their tight end is averaging 18.8 yards per catch. He is making some big chunk plays. Harrison is averaging 21.7, and Egbuka just under 14 yards per catch. What is the confidence you guys have in Notre Dame secondary in this matchup? Yeah, so I would say uh, in terms of – like the way I want to look at this is not looking at what they've done so far this year. Like that's a part of the formula. But you, again, you got to look at who they're playing. Navy, not a passing team. Uh, Tennessee State, yeah, they had some athletes, but it's an FCS team. Um, you know, NC State, Brendan Armstrong, everyone knows that he, he wants to use his legs, right? And, and the passing game was kind of the, the more complimentary part uh, that comes off of, you know, him being able to use his legs. So – and then you go to Central Michigan, who didn't even have, you know, they went with their second string quarterback uh, because the first string guy was sick. So to me, it's like the secondary was truly, truly tested by NC State. And that's a, that's a mid-level college football quarterback, right? And so I guess what I'm saying is, is the secondary hasn't been ultimately tested. And now they're going to probably their biggest test of the year with the wide receiver room that Notre Dame has. So I have a ton of confidence in Notre Dame secondary because of what they did last year. Um, the depth that they showed this year and guys stepping up at, at the safety position and then being deep in nickel as well. Like there's no flaw if you look at them across the board, right? Like everyone is solid um, and guys have stepped up in the secondary this year too. So I'm not overly concerned with the secondary because I think as a defensive unit, they'll be solid and the, you know, the defensive line, other things will do stuff to help out the secondary and defending these stud wide receivers. I, I would say that, you know, you said across the board, they're solid. They're, they're solid to great, depending on which kid you're talking about, right? Right. And I my confidence level is fairly high. Now, this is all under the caveat that Ohio State has the best wide receiver room in the country, right? And, and there's no debate. Like, nobody is debating that. That is that is a fact, right? That's like if you're in court like this, this is something that everybody has agreed on. And we don't need to ask witnesses about it. Like this is <laughs> this is in the books, right? If they underestimate Notre Dame's secondary, Ohio State's going to lose. Like that, they 
Don't underestimate these guys. Like my confidence level is I, fairly high. I think the high. fan base from Ohio State is underestimating. I don't think the Ohio I State coaching staff is right. underestimating. I agree with that completely. I and and Jesse's right. They have not been like seriously tested as of yet, and this is going to be their biggest test, obviously to date, maybe for the whole year. Because then when they play USC, it's going to be kind of a flip flop, right? That's going to be the great quarterback throwing to pretty good receivers. Right, but the quarterback makes the receivers better. So, yeah. like, what does that look like? This one is the great receivers with the game managing quarterback at this point in his career, as you had mentioned earlier. So it's a little bit of a a, a, a flip flop. But I got a lot of confidence in the secondary. But they're going to be tested. But I think this is going to be that particular matchup is going to be like a heavyweight bout. Like you're going to see blow, and then you're going to see somebody come back and counter with another blow, and then you know Ohio State's going to get theirs. Watch out the for Notre Dame to get theirs, get dis- man. Can't, can't be discouraged if they give up a big play here and there. Absolutely. It's going to happen. You know, they're going to give right. up some 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 moderate to big plays against Ohio State. They're going to catch the ball. Short and they memories, got dudes. man. They got dudes who are going to be elite NFL wide receivers. It's going right. to happen. Yep. Short. You got to have a short memory in this game. You have to. They haven't – you know, they, they haven't, like, just had blown coverages and those kind of things Agreed. this year. You know, it's it's been – Pretty on point. The times when opposing teams have hit some pass plays, it seems like the majority of them have come with what we were talking about earlier. When now you're blitzing and you're not getting home with those blitzes and you're leaving everyone out there in man to man. And that's when, you know, some of the some of the bigger plays, I think, have come for the opposition. And I will also say on the flip side, if you've watched any Ohio State, you know, highlights or game film or whatever. Kyle McCord's throwing to some pretty wide open that's receivers. That's what I mean, Vince. Well, like, that's those, those wide plays Harrison. It's like, what are you doing in coverage? You just <laughs> and that's always open. been that's, that's always been the knock on these Ohio State quarterbacks is how you know how right. good are they really when the receivers are that good and they are throwing sure. guys who are wide open. Well, and, and it's, I don't think that's going to be the case. You, yeah, you, yeah exactly. they're going to hit some plays, like you sure. guys said. But I, I just feel like we've seen so many of these Notre Dame Ohio State games in the past and Notre Dame did a pretty good job defending them last year you know Harrison and Igbuka still combined for like 140 150 yards or whatever it was and Igbuka had the touchdown but again look at look at the point total they they scored 21 points it was within reason you know they they managed them basically I just feel like compared to any of these matchups we have seen Notre Dame against Ohio State against the Alabamas and Clemsons of the world with those with when all of those programs had NFL receivers, you know, like going back to the college football playoff against Clemson, obviously going back to, you know, Alabama in the championship game and in, in the, in the playoff when again, all those NFL caliber receivers, Notre Dame is as good in the secondary and is as prepared for a matchup like this, in their secondary as they have mm-hmm. been, I think Ever. in 30, 30 or oh, so yeah. years, you have to go, you know, again, like back to those old Sarah teams of the early nineties. That's how long it's been. I think since Notre Dame has had a secondary that can go toe to toe with a receiving core like this. Yep. Completely agree. I mean, they stack up really, really well. And I mean, you know what game this, this actually awesome. reminds me of the most is the Notre Dame and Oklahoma game at Oklahoma 
Notre Dame had a really solid defense. Oklahoma had a good amount of offensive weapons. Mm -hmm. And it was just blow after blow. And, and I think that is the game that really comes to mind when thinking about this Ohio State game. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty fair comparison. And that was really still kind of a grinder through right. the third quarter. Until and I think Notre that's Dame, how it's going to go. Until Notre Dame wore on him and kind of pulled away late. You know, and Manti came up with another interception and all that kind of stuff. So, Jesse, you did your whiteboard earlier this week. You showed some specific ways you think Notre Dame is going to have to defend Ohio State, specifically Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, do you want to explain it? Do you want to, like, throw something? Like, what? What? what is, what's the general concept of how you think Marvin Harrison Jr. needs to be accounted for? Yeah, I'll be short and brief with this one. Um, you know, I think mainly – Ohio State loves to get in trips looks, right? Like that's that's a lot of meat and potatoes of what they're going to do. And obviously they're not going to line up in trips every time. Uh, but when they line up in trips, Marvin Harrison is going to be in one of two places. He's either going to be to the field side or sorry, uh, like the field wide receiver, right? Like maybe he's the lone guy on the on the on the single side or maybe he's the the, the wide receiver. Um, if we're talking the trip side, he's the, he's the one displaced closest to the sideline. Right. And so. And then the, the last scenario is he's going to be in the slot. And I think those are the two big things. Is he in the slot or is he not in the slot? And I think when he's in the slot, there's going to be a different kind of coverage uh, depending. And if he's not in the slot, there's going to be a different kind of coverage. And I think ultimately the entire secondary and what they're going to do coverage wise is going to be dictated about where Marvin Harrison is lined up on the field, because if he's in the slot or if he's split out more wide, it, it means a different way of how they're trying to attack you or use Marvin Harrison Jr., um, against you. But I think what, what ultimately it's going to be is there can't be any free releases that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to, is going to have. And so whether or not he's in the slot or if he's not in the slot, there needs to be someone within five yards of him checking him immediately. Um, and I said this on Tuesday, it's a lot of match carry and deliver. If, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to leave your zone, you need to match him. You need to carry him to the next and then deliver him to the next defender. There needs to be basically two people accounting for Marvin Harrison Jr. every sort of play. So you're basically running man underneath. And then if he's in the slot, you're looking at more of like a cover two look. And then if he's out on the perimeters, I would say you'd be more so looking at a cover four look. But again, the entire time, there's got to be someone within five yards, no matter where he's out in the field, jamming him up. No free releases. Because like Vince, you saw it. And he just got free releases on all these guys, yeah. right? And, and he's, he's just, just running past people. He's just like running it, right? past people. Yeah. How does that make sense? There's got to right. be someone on him. Because they're so times. afraid. They're so afraid that he's going to run past them if they're up close. But he's running past them when they're 10 yards deep, too. Right. So you, you have to you have to be physical. make him work for everything. I yeah. agree with that completely. Yeah. There, there seems to be a growing consensus that it's going to be Benjamin Morrison matched up all night with Marvin Harrison Jr. Do you do you agree with, with that that doesn't like Notre Dame doesn't do that. Right, exactly. Typically. I don't especially when you're talking about a guy who's going to play in the slot or outside. I just I yeah, don't see that. I don't see that either. I think Notre Dame's just going to play their defense because I think that they are very confident in both Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison. And if they're going to put him in the slot, they're confident in in Harper and what he can do because yes. he has proven that he can be just as physical on the inside as those guys can be on the outside. So I don't think that they change up their defense, you know, from a positional standpoint, field, you know, um, and boundary and all that. I, I don't, I don't think they're going to follow them around. I really don't. I think they're going to, 
I think they want to throw as many bullets at him as they possibly can. You know, hey, keep fresh legs on him. Here's this All American. Here's this potential All American. Here's it. You know, I think they're just going to just throw as much as they can at him. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's going to be a lot of different guys and a lot of different looks. I do agree that he has to be accounted for on every sure. play, though. Oh, they have to know where he is always. Yeah. Oh, and I think always. he's going to, I guess what I was mainly getting at is he's going to dick. Oh. He is going to dictate what. coverage no matter what. Like Notre Dame is setting their secondary based off of where he is at on the field. That's the main thing I was getting at. And then again, that there's no free release. He's jammed off the line of scrimmage. And if he's going to leave that defender's zone or area, he's got to be, again, match carried and delivered to the next guy. Delivered to the next guy is the big part. Ohio State's offensive line, probably their biggest question mark that they have bigger than, than Cal McCord, I think so far, even though, you know, again, he hasn't like lit the world up, but offensive line has been up and down. They lost three starters from last year's team. Can Notre Dame capitalize in this matchup? They have to, I mean, can they? Yes. <laughs> well, I know they have to, they, but can, can they? they? <laughs> yeah, I think they can. They're, they're Look, they're deep, right? They, they don't necessarily have the, 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 the marquee name guys, right but i think they have depth and i think that they have talent look howard cross has played some pretty darn good football mm-hmm. so far this yes, year he, has. he needs to continue that right i think riley mills has played some good football he needs to continue that i would love to see jean baptiste you know get all fired up because he's playing his old team you know make some plays uh, you know jean baptiste has played well so far a hundred percent jason right. onye has played well so far and, and they're now and you're rubio getting back, rubio back which is yeah. huge you know, and so I think they're just going to throw wave after wave after wave. And I think, can they? Yes. But that is going to be one of the things that's going to make or break this game. Yes. It is absolutely they, the both lines, both lines, trenches. And I know that's the next question. So I'm going to stop talking. Well, just, <laughs> I mean, just go right to it if you want. <laughs> I mean, do you guys both agree that this game comes down to what happens? Down on the lines, both sides of the ball. Is, I do. Is that the key to this thing? That whoever can control the line of scrimmage. Ooh, Jesse that, is saying no. That's a hundred percent. So are you going with Harrison then, Jess, or what are you going with? You can finish, Vince. Thank you. Sorry. So Notre Dame has to be able to run the ball, and they got to be able to pass protect. That's the offensive side. They've got to be able to do both. And if you're not controlling the line of scrimmage, that's never going to happen. Defensively, they've got to make Kyle McCord uncomfortable. You got to make him uncomfortable. The defensive line is going to have to do that because I don't want to send, as Jesse said earlier, six guys and take guys out of coverage and all of that. They mm-hmm. got to be able to get it from with three, four, five every time, right? And so you have to control the line of scrimmage. If you don't, if you lose those battles up front, you lose the game, period. To me, it comes down to two things. One, quarterback play what Sam Hartman's game looks like compared to Kyle McCord. It doesn't need to be better. It needs to be a step up better. I'd say like a level better. You know what I mean? Um, And then to me, it comes down to the secondary and Ohio state's wide receivers. Um, I think, I think uh, like, yeah, the the thing to me is like the the trenches are, are, are a valuable aspect kind of every game, right? Like you want to, and I know that's like, yeah, kind of a crappy answer, but I think there's more of an emphasis on what Sam Hartman does and how the secondary responds to maybe giving up a big play here or there, maybe giving a big catch here and there, and then being able to be mentally tough to shut it down and maybe just instead of giving up the touchdown after a big play, holding it down and getting a field goal uh, or, or something like that. So to me, it's 
again, quarterback play and how the secondary does against these wide receivers. See, but that's why I think, especially from Notre Dame's defensive perspective, they both teams <laughs> want to run the ball. Ohio State needs to run the ball more because going back to what we talked about earlier, you can put the game on Sam Hartman's shoulders. That's a good point. You can't put the game on Cal McCord's shoulders in this game. Notre Dame needs to slow. He wants to rely on play action and take shots downfield. And Notre Dame needs to be able to win on first and second down to put him into more dis, you know, disadvantageous situations. He needs to be in, in second and third and long most of the night for Notre Dame to truly have success, I think defensively and obviously you know you want to disrupt him and you want to get all those different things but it starts with what happens up front slowing down Travion Henderson and that running game and putting McCord again in more disadvantageous situations because all those things that you're talking about Jess in the passing game also being able to run the football if they're not able to run the football then that that's gonna that's gonna hurt McCord a heck of a lot more than if you know, if Ohio State limits Audric Estime and company, because again, I believe that you can put the game on Hartman's shoulders if you have to. But you got to protect them. You got to protect well, yeah, them. That, obviously, th- that play action stuff that takes a while. You but know, that's that the thing time. too. Like talking to uh, Chase Brown, the Ohio State insider that I had on just the other day, like he was saying, like he feels like this offensive line that Ohio State has is a decent pass blocking team, but not a good run blocking. Oh, oh yeah. And that's, I, I, I pointed out on Tuesday when watching film against Ohio state, when they bring in that tight end or H back, you know, whatever you want to call them, kind of how Mitchell Evans and Holden stays are used. It's not a hundred percent that they're going to run the ball, but they bring him in there because it's an extra run blocker and they can't, right. they can't run block without him. It's an extra body within the box. And so when they bring that guy in there, it's, it's more of a re, it's more of a thing of, you know, they can't get it done with just their five straight offensive linemen and they need that extra guy in there to try to have some sort of running game.